The 5-8, your Friday night hang. We take five of the week's most notable and newsworthy topics and spend eight minutes covering each one. Join me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff, Friday nights, live, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's the 5-8. Here's what went down on Friday. Good evening. Welcome to the 5-8. We discuss each of the week's five most fucked up topics for eight minutes each. Five topics, eight minutes, two hosts, a guest, some singing, a lot of curse words, and as many cocktails as we deem necessary. LB, how are you? I'm halfway through my cocktail. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. I, this is my first sip. It's your first sip? Okay, mm-hmm. great. I'll sit with you. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's been a long week, but it's been a good week. Yeah. Good. Thanks for okay. asking. How are you? What's been happening for you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Uh wanna wanna shout out to Chunk, by the way, because you know, yeah. did you see the, the, the missing F thirty five uh plane and the thing? I I thought it was behind it was behind some of the pool balls there. Uh, I think it was scooting around trying to hide. We located it. We did we did locate it. Um yeah, yeah no, I you know, I, I just have something before we get to the topics, topics, and I want to I want to move along. I, we have a great guest tonight. I don't want to keep yes. moving. So, uh, no. yeah, I the, right before like late afternoon, another Clarence Thomas thing broke right in ProPublica. ProPublica has just got this guy's number, which is wonderful. They're doing great work. It, you know, just when I think it can't get worse, it just he does something else. He's like the hold my beer meme of SCOTUS corruption, this guy. But there are these pictures now of him hanging out at the Bohemian Grove. And I don't know if people know, that's like this big conspiracy theory thing, you know, that's Bohemian Grove, it's the place. But have you looked at the pictures? I mean, just looked at the pictures, you know? It's basically a bunch of old, rich, white guys. There's no women. Clarence is the only black guy there. Um, They're all guys who are constantly having their ass kissed and told how great they are all the time. I mean, I get it. They're rich. They're powerful. But, dude... Can you imagine a less fun gathering than that? Right? Makes taking the SATs look like eyes wide shut. You know, you've heard of Burning Man. This is Boring Man. You know, Ken Burns was there. He was going to make a documentary about it, and he couldn't because it's too fucking dull. You know? Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. The bishops had more fun at the fucking Council of Nicaea than these people. So, like, I get it. You know, the whole thing is powerful. It's just that. Look at the pictures. These people are—they're just losers. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, they invite from- Clarence because they think he's funny. Next to them, he's funny. They're like, ha, 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 pubic hair on Coke can. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Losers. Okay, that's it. Yeah, there's, there is an artless theme that that travels throughout, right? The grievance yeah. the grievance politics of, yeah. uh, of these people. No matter how much money they acquire, they just can't get hot women to like them is what's going on <laughs> problem this it all comes crazy. down to the little things doesn't it i it think it kind of does things. I think it, it does, does too. all it right does. you want to jump into the topics? let's jump into the topics yeah right, we don't keep it. okay okay you set the timer oh god i have a job to do <laughs> you have a job i had my i have my little cocktail and i forgot that i actually <laughs> have a job on this timer day. eight minutes here we go go the topic go. is on brand on brand by brand, I mean Russell Brand. Um, this came out over the weekend. The, the Times of London and uh, the Sunday Times and the, the news channel there put out this, I mean, devastating piece about his behavior, accusing him of uh, 
sexual assault and rape. There's four accusers in the piece. I recommend not reading it because it's really awful. Yeah. Um, you know, trigger warning massively, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to commend, first of all, like the journalist that wrote this story, because this is like what journalism, good investigative journalism should do. Because these are crimes that are often not, you know, prosecutable. They're things that men get away with. So the only recourse in some cases for some of these, you know, serial predators is for something like this to happen. Or exposure. Yeah. In the United Kingdom, the, the standard for libel is much higher than it is in the United States. So for them to write this stuff, and again, it's devastating. It is career ending. Not that he had much of a career, but it's career ending. Um, his agencies dumped him immediately after reading the thing. And, uh, you know, um, the, the venues that were going to book him canceled it. Uh, but I want to commend the journalist because without this kind of investigative journalism, and it takes a lot to organize something like this, to get people to come on record and, and trust you, to vet all the sources. They interviewed a lot of people. It's a major, major, uh, you know, piece of journalism. They did a great job with it. And uh, so first of all, that, you know, uh, hats off to them. You know, great job. Um Good. We get this guy. Jimmy Savile is mentioned in the article. Okay. Our friend Stuart Savre knows who that guy is. That's doesn't right. he? You know, well, if you're calling that guy up to go have a good time, there's something wrong with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was interesting in the wake of this was how people rushed in to defend him. And there were three different ways that I observed where people were trying to defend him. The first okay. one was he's innocent until proven guilty. He needs to be in a court of law until that happens. We have to presume. I don't have to presume shit. This was an investigative piece of journalism. There's four sources in there, the British libel laws. I think he pretty much did it. You know, yeah. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, 22 women went on record and accused him of, of similar sexual assaults while doing massage for him. Um, that wound up, they, they decided they couldn't charge him criminally and they settled the cases out of, out of you know, out of court or whatever. But uh, I, I believe the 22 women. I don't care that it doesn't, yeah. that's bullshit. Thank you. Yeah, is that Alex Jones? Well, Russell, you know, uh, oh, Russell, Russell Brand, women threw themselves at him. I've never seen yeah. that's irrelevant. And the whole idea and this mythology of him as some swinging Lothario is cover and bullshit. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. And the third one, I think, is very interesting, which is Russell Brand has of late taken to right wing media and you know. He's like churning out the usual Kremlin talking points. Um, so all of the cancel culture people are like, they're just trying to cancel him for telling the truth. So all of the cancel culture people, you know, the, the, like the Andrew Tates of the world are like lining up on this guy. So did you notice that? What did you think of that? I think that when someone who is glaringly and obviously uh dealing with a profound disorder and blames others or cries conspiracy or thinks everyone's out to just get me. And that's what this is without any accountability. You're looking at the other side of the disorder, you know, that's just part and parcel to it. Gaslight everybody, deny, deny, deny. Um, so I, I, for that particular thing, uh, and I've seen that and encountered that, and it's just, and, and they will literally weave narratives about the accusers or about anybody, anybody, 
um, saying, yeah, no, you you know, there's a history here. There's like anyone just calling out or even requesting, why don't you, why don't you own some of this or any of that is uh, someone that's just part of a conspiracy. And it's just like, people aren't that uh, coordinated. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just, you know, just, or, or the simpler answer rather than all of that is you actually did what these women are claiming you did like that. Yeah. That's the easier answer for this. Um, the, the thing about, I want to go back to the thing in the beginning where you see, you know, where you said his agents dropped him and all that. And like, as if it's a big surprise, I didn't realize I knew about this guy, but not from inside the industry. Cause he's UK and it's comedy. I don't do any of that stuff, but um, because people had been openly talking about him for a while, they even turned it into a movie character we got to have this guy because he was notorious, right? For just, it's the Lothario thing. I think there were a couple movies where he played that part because it was a natural casting thing. And then when this news broke, I noticed all of this stuff of like, you know, it reminded me of Danny Masterson. It reminded me mm. of that, you know, where people were coming out that in, in the industry, especially other men going, yeah, we know about you. Yeah. And kind of not liking him and calling out that kind of, his behavior. So just, and then you kind of see that this happened on sets and there's a lot of women just know that the agents, the executive producers, the studios that hire the executives there, right? Cause executive producers aren't necessarily studio executives. Um, that the bosses, the folks in charge of everybody's safety, the folks in charge of writing checks the people in charge of booking, you know, of, of getting, they get those reports. They know. There's, it's not that they don't know. They're going to hear right away. My God, if I tried anything, if I stepped out of line, even having coffee for a business meeting for something, my agent is the first person that's getting a call and they're calling and saying, what the fuck was your client doing? So I, I find that I, I'm, it's probably good that they dropped him, but these are the enablers. And I think with, with, the and I'm not trying to be accusatory in that. I, I'm, I'm really not trying to throw anyone on the bus. Maybe people were clueless. I'm just saying he made people money, and until it became inconvenient for them to be associated with him, um, and probably in terms of other money, they didn't want their name on that, um, and they wanted to take some action. I don't think it was because when the abuse was happening and the reports were coming in that these people cared. They didn't care then. They cared only when the daylight was on them. So it's another reason why the investigative journalism is so important. It's why all the stuff on Harvey was so fucking important. Mm -hmm. It's just really important that these folks get a light shined on this behavior. And that the that Me Too got so turned on its head and weaponized and messy is unfortunate. But I think I do think there's still strength there. And I think one of the big benefits of it is women know we can come out, right? If we've got other women, other accounts, and if the journalists keep are interested in it and they're going to treat it with the level of seriousness and professionalism that those journalists treated this story and breaking this story and getting everybody on the record. So all of that did not exist before um, Harvey was exposed. And now it does, you know, and hopefully it will continue. So I'm I'm forever grateful. I just want to, in this moment, 
let the women know who came forward on for him, which is a much more powerful man, really was a career ender, you know, just be grateful and have gratitude for those women. Because yes, I don't think absolutely. this kind of expose, and for Ronan, I don't think this kind of expose would have happened without them, you know, doing this with with without any history behind it and not knowing what was going to happen to them. So yeah. shout yeah. out to to all of that, to all of yeah. those resources. Yeah. And just to tie it together with what we were talking about at the top of the show, shout out to, to Anita Hill. Um, you know, we, Anita Hill? I think if we, the, the predators tend to Hutchinson be now. Yes. Cassidy Hutchinson. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Noel Dumphy. I mean, Rudy is, we watched Borat. Okay. We watched him behave this way when he knew the fucking cameras were rolling and right. that and people were going to see it. What's he what like Sasha in private? Yeah. Look at what Sasha Baron Cohen did. He ran in there. He did. Right? He, he put did. the whole project in the moment at stake. Yeah. Because he was concerned for her safety. Yeah. We don't have a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, so grateful for him and then grateful for every man and woman who steps up like that in the moment from this point forward. Yeah. Yay. So okay. I think there's a silver lining in all of this that's quite wonderful. Yeah. That's what I think at the end mm -hmm. of the day. You know, okay. Cry conspiracy all you want, Russell Brand and Andrew Tate and Elon Musk. You yeah. know, you're fabulous, bizarro, horrible men. <laughs> all accused, all of them accused of some horrible crime against women. It's almost as if. That's no way. I think it might be a clue. No way. He uh, just wanted to buy her a pony, LB. Come uh, on. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Poor, unfortunate. Souls. You yeah. set the timer? You set the timer? It's set. It's gone. Okay. What's this about? Well, <laughs> I, 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 it's about the, I said to you earlier in the week, <laughs> it, when the Murdoch was stepping down. Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch stepping down, 91 years old. And then, mm -hmm. of course, David Brooks, you know, kept doing his stupidness. Um, and you know all of it, Bo Bear, all of all of these people, right? Uh, that are pro fascism, pro tearing down our democracy, pro propaganda machine. I was just like, you know, it, 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 we need a phrase for them. And you had this: the traitors are easy to spot. That mm -hmm. was your catchphrase you, during the Trump years. I had they, you know, had all my stuff, mob and all that. But that traitors was were easy to spot was such a great semantic. And we need a semantic for these guys. I don't know what they are. They're, they're, there's just, they're soulless. They're yeah. just soulless human beings. I, I truly believe that. I, I, you know, I know there's folks that will defend Murdoch and blah, I, I, and I don't understand how or why. Like, how did this guy, how was this guy enabled to come into our country and other countries, Western democracies, and just pillage the way he's like, it's just, yeah, he he's caused so much harm, so much harm, knowing he caused so much harm, and then sort of cooked up, uh, you know, his succession kid mm -hmm. to continue with that harm. Lachlan Murdoch. It's like he's not that. It is succession. He is the worst of the kids. He's the one that's in with the trolls. It's like. And now he's a grown adult and he's going to take this thing over and he'll live forever. Also, this man was 82, 10 years before he retired today. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I would argue that the last 10 years of Rupert Murdoch, he has done more harm than he did collectively all of the years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So clearly at 82, from 82 to 92, uh, the Republicans had no problem with this man's age and the power that he wielded and continued mm. to give him tremendous power because they're transactional, soulless human beings. I'm sorry. I'm calling it. I don't think they're souls and I don't think they care what they're hurting. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I truly don't think it. I think it's very much on brand. Yep. You know, there's something pathological going on here that all of these folks share. And then they cry victim when they're called out for their crap. Mm-hmm. Like David Brooks. He's oh like, my God. Poor David Brooks. Is there a conspiracy now that he thinks is happening because he got rightfully dragged for his, for showing his drink bill at the New York, Newark airport. Like we can see that you spent $60 on drinks, dude. And you yeah. complain about the co- economy. Maybe you're yeah. whining and complaining about the economy because you're drunk. Mm-hmm. I've had like, Half of it and po- tweeting about it and writing articles about it. I've had like this much of my drink. You don't see me blaming people. I don't know. I don't know. I could go on and on and on about it, but I just, I, there's something morally wrong. And we can spot that as easily as we can spot the 4th of July traders from the Senate mm-hmm. heading off to to the Kremlin on the 4th of July to shake yep. Vladimir Putin's hand. Yep. Ron just, Johnson. It's right there in our faces, you know, about what these people are. I just don't know what to do about it. They have so much power. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. You, s- you mentioned succession and there's a, there's a great scene in succession where Logan Roy, who's like the Rupert character, right. his brother is talking about the harm he's done. And he's like, when you consider the people that will die because of climate change, he's on par with Hitler. Like he and he's straight faced saying this. I Rupert Murdoch's one of the most evil men who ever lived in terms of like the just the, the corrosive his behavior, the, the corrosiveness, the yeah. harm that he's caused mankind, like life on earth. I mean, it's really he's he's in a very short, uh, you know, list of things. Genghis Khan didn't spread false information that created global warming, you know, like say what you will about Genghis Khan. Um, yeah, it's not good. So, okay, a Manhattan at Newark Airport, by the way, runs about nineteen dollars. I happen to know. Yeah, and uh, so and that burger, um, that's probably about twenty five tops for the platter, which is yeah, it's airport money. But I want to shout out Newark Airport, by the way. There's really good fucking restaurants at Newark Airport if you know where to go. I've had really good burgers. I had a, a breakfast at the at the Garden State Diner place at Newark Airport that was to die for. It was it was one yes. of the best things I've had in in months. And that's where it was. So, um, yeah. Shout out Newark Airport. David Shout Brooks. Out Newark Airport. You know, David Brooks, you can't go to a place where they just serve alcohol any hour of the day because they know people need to have a drink before they get on a plane and be happy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. And then you bill it to the New York Times. You're expensing your bar bill. Come on. But let's go a little. Let's go just a little. Hold on this a little moment for seriousness. David Brooks is a columnist at the New York Times. He is. He's, he gets uh, a huge coverage and huge reach. He knows that he sp- he just was maybe too drunk to understand that he posted his bill. We could see the drink charges. We could see the drink. It, it was, <laughs> he knows he's being disingenuous. He knows he's 
he knows he's peddling garbage. That him him having three drinks before he gets on a plane has nothing to do with the economy. In fact, you're it's booming, David. Yeah. It's a booming economy because you can't stop drinking booze at the airport. Like you're helping. So yeah. he knows that he's he's engaging in commerce and he has the money to do it. Yep. So yep. he's making so but the seriousness is he has this massive platform. He has this brand of the New York Times above him. He's got, he's got this rubber stamp to go out and peddle stuff that he knows is absolute garbage. Yeah. Why? Yep. Why, David Brooks? Why? Poor, it's not journalism. No. It's not. Poor, unfortunate souls. Poor, unfortunate souls. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I know that there's a strike going on. There's not, there's not a lot of new content. Not a lot of new content. So new I content. took it upon myself. I thought, well, I can just write and produce and sing, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Something's good. pulling this out of the vault. Look at our flag. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you say our sedition's complete? Wouldn't you say that we're cool with fans like a lawn and mom? Look at our style, eye patch and slack. They took the culture, we're taking it back. We'll make America great. Just ignore the felony charge. We've got Nazis and rapists aplenty. We've got terrorist traitors galore. Want fake electors? We've got 20. But who cares? No big deal. We want... We want to be where the Democrats are We want hot women and artists to like us Yet somehow they know what's inside us It's terribly wrong Being included was all we desired Instead, we're left cursing our confused manhood What would we give to have Springsteen Sing us a song Up where there's smart Where men have real cheer Up where we don't have to cheer Just to win Oh, mommy, please Wish we could be Part of their world Okay. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Bravo. Shout out to Chunk for animating. Bravo. Bravo. You make me sing these Hopefully. damn things every week, and you have a much better voice than me. It's I do cool. not. Yeah, I can't hold a note. <laughs> that was into my phone. I did a pretty good job into my phone. No, I can't believe Chunk did that so fast. Either. I know. Kind of He's something else. 
All right. All right. We're actually almost right on time. We're one minute late. We're, we're okay. much better at this for our guest. Um, yeah, he's well, you know what? Let's just play. Let's just play the video. You know, let's just play the video. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is never going to be not mildly awkward but 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 the only good thing is i can like i can immediately pivot your voice is amazing stephanie that was fantastic i was like holy shit that was great it was great lullaby like songs for kids i am very good at that yeah no it was very it was well done and all the little you know roughed out artist sketch going into the cartoon wow, all awesome. of it high production value high production high value production, high production around here <laughs> all right yay peace rock so uh, let's i do i let, let's shout out your your work though before we we move along you're the author of compromised counterintelligence uh and the threat of donald j trump you're the co-host of cleanup on aisle 45 and you're the former deputy assistant director of the FBI's counterintelligence division. Ooh, so uh, we have to plug the things, you know. Yes, plug the things. Always, plug always the things. be closing. Always be yeah. closing. Yeah. ABC, ABC. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. So, Greg, I have, take it away. What do you want okay. to ask me? First question, because we've been asking this of everybody that's come on since it happened. The mugshot is pretty much like the JFK assassination, you know. So we want to know where were you when you saw it? What was your reaction? You know, describe the scene for us. What were you thinking? What's going through your head? I was, I think, sitting right here, which is both studio and work study. And people were, as they, you know, would come in throughout that week, as people were coming in, they would rapidly turn up. And I think I saw it on Twitter. And, you know, I, I'm i fine with it. You know, I absolutely every expectation that he was going to take it and fundraise off it and everybody else would put it like you did on the new revamped. I love every time I come on, you've updated your opening <laughs> sequence to have all those little shots, except for Jeffy Underoo, uh Clark sitting there in his driveway. Um, but I thought it was good. I, look, I mean, the, on the one hand, the purpose of the mugshot is that you can identify somebody in their current likeness should they become a fugitive or you need to, you know, for whatever reason, find them and have a photo and for well-known people like trump doesn't need that but arguably most famous people don't need it either and yet we still have all kinds of you know whether they're professional athletes or actors or actresses that everybody knows they still have their their mugshot taken and so i think it was appropriate that atlanta that fulton county did and the sheriff thought about it and you know he i think gave an interview where he said he did think about it considerably and decided it was the right thing to do so i'm fine you know and anybody who's not immediately taken by that six foot three 215 pounds of chiseled magnitude um you know not whatever but i did i've lied about my weight like that yeah and you yeah. know you know he spent the entire days leading up to it staring at 
yeah, oh, <laughs> doing oh, yeah. that in the mirror like a like a teen boy trying to screw up the courage of how he's going to ask uh, this girl he's been obsessing over for years out on a date you know and spritzing on some cheap dracar noir or whatever he was in vogue when <laughs> trump was, like a, a when he was 14 yeah right well no not even but yeah so you know just making sure his bronzer is just right uh, under the lights but i did the thing my my probably most favorite and i don't know the name of the artist but essentially took all of the mugshots and turned them into batman villains oh that was which so i thought good. was it was spectacular it was very well done and you know everything from rudy to I, they were just all well well done so i kudos to him and i care so much about it that i can't remember his name but anyway that was because um, it wasn't a name it was like ice cream candy bar right it was like right right like yeah. yeah but it was specifically batman villains from the adam westbert ward batman show yeah. and and he did it the day before waiting for trump so you knew and i was like not only is this wonderful but trump is clearly going to be the joker and he's planned for this which is great. right it was just right. so good right yes. so well executed i loved it and and yeah, and Greg, I do also note I, I had I did not have Council of Nicaea on my bingo card this evening, so thank you for bringing that up. It's like you know that Georgetown mandatory Catholic part of the education where I'm thinking like fucking Emperor Constantine, right? I don't know when like try and unify all the Christians, but I, I did put that in there for you, so I'm glad you. Uh, glad yeah, I appreciate that. Men do talk, <laughs> think about the Roman Empire all the time. That was another thing. Uh, yes, all men men think about the Roman Empire all the time. Yes, much like my my lapsed Catholicism for the past, you know, what forty seven years. Um, all right, I got another question for you. I do. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is a serious question. Um, okay. Nora. Uh, serious answer. Is Nora. It seri Nora. Is it Donahue? What I can't. Dinahy. Dennehy, Dennehy, I think, okay, yes. Lord Dennehy at the DOJ, um, mm. who was assigned special counsel, right? Was she, what was her title? To tell us. She was, I don't, she was, so she worked for John Durham. She, she worked for John Durham when John Durham was special counsel, but she also yeah. had worked as a deputy to, to Durham on a variety of other projects um, at okay. their time, either at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Connecticut or other things that he did. But I don't know her official title, but she was essentially like one of his primary deputies. Okay, great. And so she came out this or this week. We got uh, testimony from her where she was talking about why she resigned. We never, we only had speculative, speculative reporting up until this point. So she spoke about how, why, how, and why she resigned, and what Barr was doing that caused her to do that. And I just, I would love it if you could just summarize that sort of simply because I feel like people are taking pieces of it and show it. And I just want to hear a clear like, this is this is what crossed a line for her to the point to where she tendered her resignation in the middle of an investigation. Yeah. Right. And it was, I think, right. Yeah. The fall, I think late summer, fall of 2020, she quit and there was a lot of speculation about why. And then she came out, she was earlier this week. Um, she is going through confirmation for a place on the Connecticut state Supreme court. And in the course of that confirmation hearing, one of the first questioners asked her about, like, you know, why did you leave? And she had, it was clear, she had a prepared statement. She was reading for the answer. So she knew it was coming. And whether she knew it was going to come that early, I don't know. But essentially said, look, that I, you know, I joined not to be part of the Trump Department of Justice. I, you know, I've been a public servant forever. I have a little bit of a question. Like, you know, anybody who was watching knew exactly what the fuck was going on when Bill Barr appointed John Durham and later made him special counsel. It wasn't exactly like, oh, a, a high-minded, high objective pursuit of the truth. It was a political endeavor that I think most every 
cognitive, any, any conscious American with a brain knew exactly what was going on. So setting that aside, she joined the team, maybe just purely out of loyalty to Durham, because again, they had worked forever together forever. But what she said in her answer is, I grew increasingly concerned that one, Barr continued to make statements about an ongoing criminal investigation that is absolutely against the the policies of the Department of Justice. Public statements. He was going on Public the statements. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And that she had never, it's against the policy of the Department of Justice. She had never seen it happen. Additionally, she saw a draft report that had been written whose uh, conclusions, I think she said she vehemently disagreed with. Maybe she didn't use the word vehemently, but it was more than strongly. And that she could not, she did not receive assurances that it would not be released prior to the election. And she, again, thought that that was absolutely uh, inappropriate and not what DOJ does. And so she quit and, you know, said I couldn't couldn't tolerate being part of it. And it was the hardest personal and professional, hardest personal and professional decision that I've ever made. So, you know, again, I, I and whatever her she should or shouldn't have joined. I mean, I think certainly by leaving that draft report, whatever it said, never was issued. So I think in no small part. Okay, you know, so she kept it. I know he did issue some I, stuff. She kept that back. Yeah, but I mean, that whatever that draft report was didn't come out and it's never been released. I assume it was a crazy, you know, from the worm adult brain of, you know, Bill Barr and Fox World <laughs> about the, you know, we're all colluding with Hillary Clinton as we harvest adrenochrome from Comet Ping Pong to, you know, the pity the children that we sacrifice for our youthful appearance. Um, but anyway, that wasn't published. So, you know, and at least she came out and I get the sense, I mean, she's very, if you listen to it, I mean, it's like a three and a half hour hearing. I mean, she's very, you know, proper. And I can see her thinking that, well, if I'm going to ever comment on this, I'm not going to do it to a journalist or grown Maddow or something. I'm going to do it in the context of the hearing, which is what she did. You know, the downside is I, I'm almost nearly certain. I don't know her at all, but I'm willing to bet. Certainly if she becomes a Connecticut Supreme Court justice, she isn't going to talk about this until she's retired from that, if ever again. So wow. I kind of would, I'd be interested. And, you know, and it bothered me a little bit because when Merrick Garland was up in front of, you know, Jim Jordan's clown show, uh, he was asked about the Durham report at some point. He's like, oh no, I, you know, I let him, I let him finish uninterrupted. But he, he said, yeah, I read the report, the whole thing. And, you know, it made some, made some observations about, um, you know, hasty analytic conclusions or something like that. But he's like giving it a little bit of credence. And it's like, this was a fucking corrupt endeavor. Yeah. And and why why Garland is not I mean, he, he could just say I told him I'd let him finish it and let that stand. You don't need to give your imprimatur. It just tells me that whoever's prepping him, it's like, hey, you know what, Judge, go find this draft report and have your staff do an actual little bit of fucking homework before you put your imprimatur who and by the way, you were John Durham's boss for the last year and a half of this horrible, horrible, politicized, unnecessary, abusive uh, investigation, you're his boss. So stop, stop touting this quite so much. I, that aggravated me a little bit with Garland, but to Denny, so she joined, so she quit, right? You had yeah. four, four prosecutors who quit the stone team because of Barr's fuckery. You had at least one prosecutor quit Flynn's team because of Bill's fuckery. So now we've got half a dozen prosecutors who quit. And I don't, I mean, 20 years in the FBI, I don't recall ever any, not a single prosecutor, not one of them quitting on principle, but saying morally, I can't, I can't abide this. So to have that many, all attributable to Bill Barr says a lot. And, you know, everybody's, it's vogue now for, you know, 
Bill Barr and his little traveling roadshow and most of the major networks he goes on there and he, you know, he's the jovial, you know, I have many leather bound books and my, you know, <laughs> smells of fine mahogany and he's just this unctuous, duplicitous, yeah, but somehow apparently jovial man that is willing to say, oh, Trump's fucked in so many words. And so everybody's fawning over him and letting him rehabilitate what should forever be his legacy as probably the worst attorney general we have ever had in our nation's history. And, uh, you know, it sickens me every time I, you know, turn on the TV and see him up there. And he still won't say he's not going to vote for Trump. The most he'll say is, well, you know, I'll, I'll jump off that bridge when I get to it. Still will not say if it is Trump Biden, no, I'm voting for Biden. He can't say it. Can't say it to this day because he probably swallow hard and vote for Trump. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so, he, he was bad the first time around, too. He wasn't so great the first time. He wasn't around. so great. Some, something's going on there. Something's going on there. Yeah. Something's going on there. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. And he was absorbed. He was shower. He was like soaked and drenched in right wing propaganda at his confirmation hearing um, to the Senate. Like he was like, no one knew who Josh Hawley was because he had just gotten in there for Claire McCaskill. He gets up there and he's like, doing these daily caller kind of, you know, things. And Bill Barr, the whole time he had been like this with everybody else. Well, you know, I'm going to turn you on. He's like this. Well, I don't know if he says so. Sipping his and then Josh Holly gets down there and he's like, oh, yes, yes. He's like, it's like, it was creepy. It was very Beetlejuice, Lauren <laughs> Bobert. Yeah. Kim- <laughs> but but yeah. by the way, if, if you find yourself on a first date, <laughs> and you're not you're not at Chicago, you're not at Kinky Boots, you're not at Cabaret, you're at fucking Beetlejuice, what whatever your kink, I don't want to judge. And at this family production, you feel compelled on your first date to essentially, I mean, if you watch and I'm we might watch the video, that man's hands were doing work. I mean, hers, you know, everybody was looking at her, but God damn it. It's like, dude, would you just, you know, it's like a, <laughs> it was not. Were, it was for, like operating machinery. Yeah, it was. It was a big, a big panel of steam levers and things and dials. And it was like, Jesus, dude, what the fuck are you doing? There was nothing. And, I you know, know. Hey. I, I, First date, first date. Hey, baby. Look like he was Beetle, Beetlejuice. Time. What do you? What do you? Oh, now you're oh, talking, like big fella. Dance and dazed and confused or something. <laughs> like, never like. What is this? I don't know. What's I was just. Going I'm on. like everybody else with that. I'm so impressed with the camera quality. I'm like. It's really good. Oh. I, yeah, I. <laughs> and right. Theater. Yeah. And for for that, and presumably, you know, do they have the entire theater that? Uh, that high res, um, you know, Vegas, Vegas does a very good job of cameraing yeah. up stuff, but I would not anticipate a, a playhouse in, in Denver would have that level of quality, you know, particularly low light quality, but Hey, here, here we are. Maybe here we they knew are. it was going to happen and they wanted to watch it. Like, who knows? You know, any, anything's possible. I wonder if she, I wonder if she and Matt Schlapp exchange like tips with Oh, moving on. Okay, so it's like no, and Matt's saying no, no. Wait for the car. Wait for the car. When he's buckled in, he can't move. He can't move when you get him in the car. All right. Uh, Allegedly, alleged. So I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. So so it's been stated that. um, So you know, I just want to push back on something that happened today. I mean, 
I don't know about you guys. I have at least a quarter of a million dollars in cash tucked into various jackets in my closet. I have gold bars just stuck in my sock drawer. Like, what's going on sure. here? What's going on yeah. here? No, what the, the, I read the Menendez thing. I I glad you know I read it quickly, but Jesus, that it's really damning. What what did you, what did you make of it? What's your take on it? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think it clearly these are you know, like everything else, they're allegations. But the the things that bothered me the most were one, he's the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, yeah. which given that position and the information that he has access to by virtue of that position, what really bothered me again in the allegations were that he was sharing restricted information with Egypt. And look, it's one thing if you're a corrupt politician, if you're on the take, I mean, that's bad and awful. But if you're if you're cooperating or sharing information with a foreign power, with an authoritarian foreign power, that to me is is you know beyond uh, problematic and concerning. And the other thing too is, you know, and we gotta move on, although two things. One, right, he, he skated. He, by the grace of God, you've avoided conviction on prior public corruption charges and one would hope, given that lifeline by the Lord Almighty, you would seize upon it and maybe even if you're going to stay corrupt, kind of do it quietly and not walk into kilograms of gold bars um, that you're stashing in your house. So, you know, and the other thing is the fact that all of us can sit here and say, hey, look, yeah, this is pretty bad. And God, if it's true, you should go to jail. Just shows you how fucking divorced from reality the entire Republican Party is. To not be able to look at the same allegations about somebody, whether it's Donald Trump or coming out of Georgia or whatever it is. I mean, New York, we can argue about, but you can't argue with the Mar-a-Lago indictment or the Fulton County indictments or Jack Smith's D.C. indictment. If you just objectively look at the facts and say, God, this is serious, like we are doing with Menendez saying, holy shit, this looks bad. And what the fuck was the dude thinking? We Half of America can still do that objectively. Half of America can't. And they're capable now. Looking at this, going, oh my God! Look at all those bills. Look at the, the gold bullion. Look at yes, that's true. Now let's keep on that thinking hat and let's expand it to your side of the aisle. And oh no, defund the FBI. It's corrupt. It's been weaponized. God, fuck me. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to give ignorance. us a great segue, like into into a thing. Are you going to stick around for us? Because I know you have to go. We'd love to. I do. What what time is it? Give me. I, I have like two more minutes. So right, well, hit me. Hit me with the most urgent, serious, or minutes. not so serious question. All right. Well, I I just want to. Okay. Let's do this. Then let's do. Let's backtrack. We'll we'll save our our fourth segment. Uh, Greg and I wanted to know what you thought of that Meet the Press interview with Donald in terms of, yes, Kristen Welker just allowed all this and didn't fact check in real time. They weren't prepared for this. It was taped even. They could have inter- they could have interjected. Okay, all of that. But there was some scuttle day out there saying, you know, he might have incriminated himself with some of what he said to her. So just wanted to get your opinion on that of, you know, when is that going to make a difference? So it's not just that the hypocrisy is on display within the party and they won't, and they actually lean on that and they like it. It doesn't bother them. But then they keep incriminating themselves more and more on crimes that they're being charged and indicted for. And we don't see anything happen except for the Eugene Carroll stuff. He did pay yeah. a, a further price for that. Right. And I think he and I think he will continue to. I, the, the issue is going to be that one that wasn't he wasn't under oath in that interview. So he can you know, politicians lie to reporters all the time. So yeah. the argument's going to be like, you know, you can't wheel this into a court of law and say, oh, you stated this. You lied. And like, no, a, you know, he may I, I doubt he'll ever take the stand. So using that as evidence is he, he wasn't under oath. So it's going to be a 
it's going to be problematic in the court of public opinion. Does it do any good for people to sit there and say, oh, you know, he admitted it. Well, of course he did. He fucking did it. He did it, in my opinion. <laughs> and so I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is between showing enough of him so that people understand how crazy and what a threat he'd be if he returned to the presidency versus not platforming him in a way that allows him to just unchecked spew lies. And if you publish a put a web page up that fact checks him, nobody's gonna go. I haven't yeah, gone I on there. Nobody's gonna log on. And I just I worry that you know the all the undecideds that are the middle. God forbid how they're still undecided, but the the people who are going to decide the next election are going to be informed by what they see in the media. And the media, in my opinion, is doing exactly what they did in 2016. Yep. They are just driven to present both sides of the issue. And it's like, look, you, the, you, at some point there's the truth and there's just a pack of lies. And these aren't, you know, these aren't like little like, oh, you know, I invented the internet, where in reality I just passed some bill that funded DARPA or something. This is like, the sky is purple and the grass is yellow. It's just crazy upside down falsehood. Yeah. After falsehood, after falsehood. And yeah. I just, and everywhere, everywhere, I mean, except for maybe MSNBC, but like CNN is doing this crazy, we want to, you know, capture the, capture the Fox viewer and, you know, all some bizarre stuff going on at, you know, CBS, but I, all the networks are afraid to, at, at some point, this isn't two people running as part of to be president of a democracy. This is one person running to be president of a democracy and one person running to establish an authoritarian or, or, or fascist um, state. And it sounds like, oh my God, that sounds very alarmist or that sounds very extreme, but we're, it's not. We're at the point that's, he. none of this is hidden. He's yeah. saying exactly what he's going to do. And it's not democracy. And I get that, you know, Every single reporter and commentator out there is terrified of saying that because, well, you know, that we leave that for our opinion commentators, but it's like, but it's the truth. So I don't know. I don't know. I was not a fan of that interview. I thought that was, you know, if you, there are people who could do that interview, right? I think Jonathan Swan could probably do that interview. I think Caitlin Collins could have done that interview in that format. But, you know, the, the, the thing CNN fucked up was putting Caitlin Collins in front of a campaign rally crowd for Trump where she couldn't yeah. try. She might. She, 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 there was no way she was going to succeed. So what you got to do is, you know, find there are people who can do an interview like that and, you know, use them. But again, no knock on, no knock on the, uh, NBC interviewer, but I don't, I don't think that was a win for them. No, or us, or the All American right. public. Well, we I just agree. wanted to know your thoughts on. Yeah, on thank you for saying that too, because yeah, I think it's the, the fascism thing is important, and the more people saying it out there in the ether, I think the better, you know, it's, it's just all, when all of the academics who study fascism are up in arms, it's probably it's not a, great. Yeah. And it's not and everybody, right. Because we tend every, there's all this hyperbole and there's always hyperbole. And so you say that and it's like, people have said it for, you know, too long, too lightly, but you're right. It's, it's the people, the political scientists, the people who study how, you know, democracies fail or devolve or fail to get made and how fascism comes to be when historians, when professionals whose job it is to look at the characteristics of governments that go to that place say, mm, that's happening here now, it's it's not exaggeration. And so we'll, we'll see, get out and vote. Yeah. Okay, quick, 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 vote. quick, yes. quick question before we release you. There is a yes. dog sleeping on the, yes. on the yes. couch behind you. That's People Max. want to know, um, what is the name of the dog? 
Max is a 10-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He is he is an old man. He had he's like in his his salad days as it were. He had like the beginning of congestive heart failure so now he has like oh, more pills, more pills than my parents take every day. Oh. But it's all right. He's plugging along. He's good. He's happy. <laughs> he's, he's, quite he's happy. He's doing yeah. he's doing what he does best right now sitting there. <laughs> Uh, dogs are amazing. Excellent. So that's Max. They're amazing. Yeah. Is there anything you want to let us know is coming up for you before we say goodbye? No, no, it's good. Tune in. Check out the podcast. It's free. We're talking to the podcast uh, Clean Up on Out 45. Essentially, it's tracking all of the residual criminality of Trump and all the people around him. So whether it's Trump and Fulton County or Rudy and Shea Moss and, uh, and, and Ruby Freeman or, you know, John Eastman and Peter Navarro's trials and tribulations in DC. <laughs> it, we, we talk about it all. So give it a listen and, uh, and hopefully enjoy it. So right. always, always great to join y'all. And I'm going to go right. finish my Negroni because it's Negroni week. So, okay. okay. Thanks for joining us. Pete Strzok, everybody. Take care. All right. Always fun when he's on. I love, love it. When Love when he's on. Great. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. is just great. He's good to us and we love that too. Yes, All right. we do. We do. So here I'm gonna set this timer because he did give us a good segue. Yes. Um of you know, just this sort of they don't seem to care about the hypocrisy, they're in this bubble, this falsehood, right? And then the and the two things. Um of like you can't just look at what the GOP is doing and just compare it. It doesn't, right? And the Menendez thing plays into this too of you know menendez is being oh i'm getting told to turn up my volume do i need to do that everybody okay let me try so sorry i'm take a pause let me turn my volume up i hope that helps um the menendez thing is the in terms of how the democrats are looking at that they're saying you know let's we're gonna uh Get this guy out of here, right? He should resign. Immediate calls of resignation. Immediate. Resign, 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 resign. As soon as that indictment dropped. The Republicans won't do this. They were they will yeah. not for their own, whether it's just behavior that we could like fraudulent personalities, fraudulent running, maybe even under, isn't George Santos being investigated? Did he get indicted? I can't remember for raising funds. Whether whatever it is, they circle the wagons. Yep. And they keep the power. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the only reason a shutdown might even happen, and I know he's kind of throwing stuff out at them, but, oh, they're chaos. They want this because like, they don't know how to. He's, he, they want to get rid of him, right? Mm -hmm. And he'll even let that happen while still coming to the table and circling the wagons and protecting the power. Because that's what matters more than the integrity of the of the. House and Senate, right? The them, the capability of the job, doing the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This shutdown is coming from this faction because their interpretation of what their job is on the GOP as House of Representatives, especially the biggest chaos members out there, is just to have a personality. No, no, no. My job is you know, going to Beetlejuice and getting the thing and then coming out and doing something outrageous. Marjorie Taylor Greene, her job is going to the gym, apparently. She's always at the gym working out and putting a video out. That's CrossFit. It, it's, she's CrossFitting it, right? It's, they, they really truly are in office and believe that they're put there just to be a personality that they want to be, say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do.
even in public in a children's theater. And that's the job of a congressional representative in the GOP. It's me, my personality. I can say and do and wear whatever I want. And that's why you're paying me. And that's what I'm raising money for. And also I'm outraging you. I'm outraging mm -hmm. the libs. That's also my job. My job is the performance of myself. That's what they understand their job to be. It's a big job being in the House of Representatives and running this country. It's a big job to be a senator, Senator Tuberville. It was yeah. probably a big job to be a coach. He wasn't fucking good at that either, was he? So, hey, he won the egg ball twice. Whatever, right? These are people who don't know how to do work for yeah. others, for whether it's a House of Representatives, whether it's a Senate, whatever it is, they don't, they only know how to be brats. Yeah. And lie, they'll lie, they don't care. And why I warned so long ago about the propaganda machine of all these online outlets, certain journalists across the spectrum of media, and Fox News itself, all being in coordinated fashion with their messaging, their semantics, their target, and with the Facebook and the Cambridge Analytica, their ability to target an audience and stick them in a, it's not just a bubble, they're in an alternate reality. So the other things that the, oh, I got a text here from a watch. they're so fucking lazy. They are, they're just lazy. They don't know how to do this job and they know that they don't have to. And it doesn't matter if they're hypocrites because the people voting for them will never encounter that reality. They will never encounter it. It's not that they're in a silo. They're in a different world all together, all together. So that's, you know, we're facing this government shutdown. Americans are not going to, a great majority, a great number of them are not going to understand why. They're not going to know what it's about. Well, they're going to see consequences and not not understand why they're, you know, why am I not getting paid? Why, they're not going to understand any of that. They're not. And we just have these performance monkeys running around. I mean, I did Elon Musk put a Neuralink in all these motherfuckers brains like he did those monkeys. And no, they so, would be dead if he did. Why aren't they dead? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have a problem. I have a problem with this whole thing. I think we. I think it's going to go to shutdown. I really do. I, I think it's a real high chance we're going to do that, and it's somehow going to be Joe Biden's fault. And David Brooks is going to tweet out a picture of his meal at LaGuardia. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think you're right about. I to be perfectly fair, I don't understand what the shutdown is about either. Like, I don't think Kevin McCarthy fully understands it. It has two ultimate purposes, which are one make Biden look bad heading into the election year. And two, maybe if we do this enough, we can we can starve the funding for Jack Smith and all the DOJ stuff. going. Right. Those Thank are the two you. ultimate purposes. But like the, the short-term gain, like Kevin McCarthy looks bewildered as anybody else. What happened, by the way, is that Biden and McCarthy met. They agreed on a number. They shook hands. They came to an agreement. Everybody's been operating as if that's the number. And then the Republicans are like, no, it has to be less than that. So they were negging on the deal. It's a and, you know, it's, you know, you know who doesn't, uh, once they make an agreement, doesn't honor it? Vladimir Putin. That's the sort of person who does this shit. Yeah. When you make an agreement like that, you got to fucking stick to it. 
So Kevin McCarthy has neither the spine nor the power to wrangle all these people up. To end it, all he has to do is go in with the Democrats. There's enough moderate Republican uh, Congress people that will go with the Democrats and pass at least the bill that temporarily fund the government. But McCarthy probably won't do that because um, remember, we did the parody on this show. Margie Green, you've got yourself a speaker. It's, you know, that's it. These guys, Matt Gates, Marjorie, they're calling the shots here. And, you know, McCarthy is, he's an idiot. He's just a puppet. I mean, I, I know people say that, but imagine a hollowed out thing with someone's hand in it. And that's who this guy is. He's Maybe soulless. Yeah. 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 Now, a fortunate soul. You get back to Tuberville, and I want to talk about this briefly. Yeah. And again, I'm a little bit ignorant here because I'm not like down with Senate, Senate parliamentary procedure and stuff. I my knowledge of parliamentary procedure goes from Animal House and that one episode of The Wire where they're trying to do Robert's Rules of Order when they're meeting with Stringer Bell, which is awesome. Right. Anyway, uh, they finally figured out a way to get around his block and they finally, you know, staffed these jobs that have been open for months. And my question is, and I, what the fuck took so long? If you could do this now, why couldn't you do it nine months ago? Like, what what the fuck, Chuck Schumer? Do the shit. This Menendez guy, if he doesn't resign, get him off that fucking committee. Get him out of there. Add it. No more committees. No more nothing. Make it fucking hard on him to stay. Jersey you know, has a great governor. That governor will appoint a good yeah. senator. We're not going to lose a seat. We're going to get Senator Springsteen, for God's sake. Let's do oh, this thing. Let's do Senator yeah. Yeah. How yeah. fantastic. Meanwhile, John Fetterman, let's put it up there. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Dollar move of the week. week. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Here we have the false comparison of the guys in sweats, and so we're going to say that he's corrupting the Senate or whatever. So good for him. He's figured out how to pierce right through the crap, right? It's, it is a tan suit du jour, right? Um, of like, you know, I'll tell you what, these guys stop all these things and I'll put a suit on and save democracy. It's like, yeah. you know, it's it's insane. I, I, It would be nice if he, if he, I don't care. Is he doing the job? Is he doing his job? Yeah. Is he showing up and actually working? Because these other motherfuckers aren't, right? Yeah, he well, is working. He is. He's working. You know, he knows how to do his job. And for the things that he has to learn, because new senators have to learn, anybody coming into a job new is going to have to learn. He's learning. He's actually applying himself to his job. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the apples and orange. That's the that's the both sides I want to I want to hear about. I, I would love somebody show me what these other fucking people are doing. That's their job. That's actually doing the job. Yeah. Not just being a personality. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good. Fetterman's you know, uh, how to be a personality and work. Yeah, you could do both. You can do you both. Can do both. Yeah. You can what do you know? Unless your job is to create chaos and tear the whole thing down and obstruct, which is basically the Republican Party platform since basically Newt Gingrich days. But that's right. That's their platform, but it's yeah. not it's not the job. That's no, the, it's not the job. And even even the, the fucking even the senators in the 1850s understood that for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. I don't know about the Roman Empire, but maybe. The <laughs> oh, those senators were pretty corrupt. They were pretty corrupt. 
Um, we have an announcement, LB. All right, let's have our announcements. Okay, so we've been thinking about lots of different things. I mean, Pete alluded to the whole Twitter breakdown. And yeah. as you know, here on the show, we tried to, when it first became apparent that Twitter was going to break down, and we were all afraid, we tried to find a, a suitable place where we could all jump to. Yeah. And uh, with, with, let's say, mixed results. Okay. Mixed so now results. there's all these different places, and we're not trying to replace, nothing's going to replace what Twitter is. Right. But we are experimenting with something here, which is a, a value add to the people who join in the top two tiers of uh, of the membership thing, which right. is, I believe, Velvet Rope and Green Room. I think that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called, right? I think they uh, are. Yeah. If you are in those two tiers, okay, uh, we, we made something for you. So yeah. what we made is, okay, we made a sub stack. And the way this is going to work, and again, I'm figuring this out. We're figuring it out as we go, okay? <laughs> I am going to, we're going to post the episode, like the, that YouTube page, like coming up page, as soon as I create that, we will show it and, and, and create a post on Substack. Okay. And therefore the comment board of the Substack page will then operate as a chat room when there's no chat room. Cause we love this chat room and we feel like if there was a way to keep it going in the times when it isn't the hour and a half that we're on the show, that would be nice. And people might like that. So, we also can't, I mean, we can enter this chat room, but it's very, very difficult to chat with you guys and also be on the show, creating and producing the show. So um, we will get in there with you and, and uh, talk to you yes. guys. We'll, have to, we'll set aside a little bit of time every week and we'll yeah. enter the chat and, and just, you know, get to know you guys. So That's we're going to have pages. True Player does a great job moderating this, this, uh, this effort that we do. And she creates the, um, the show notes. We're going to have the show notes in there after the fact. And, uh, you know, a, a description of the show will change the whole thing up. But the main thing is we want a place for people to be able to talk and communicate should something happen to Twitter. So if you are in the top two tiers, the, the, the Velvet Rope or the Green Room, if you email that email there, which is the 58.media at gmail.com and tell us your email, we will create a uh, an account for you. And that's it. And then you'll have access to this thing and uh, you'll be in the chat room. So uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, we'll see how it works. You know, I don't know if it's going to work, but um, we want to at least create a platform in case something happens to Twitter. Something's already happening to Twitter. All I get. Yeah. It's porn. I mean, raw porn. Like you click on these things and it's like right in your face. It's, it's worse than Bobert and that guy and, and the the drag bar guy owner. It's, it's boom, right in your face. Yeah, I, I don't have, I, I'm not getting that for some reason. I just don't see anybody. I don't. Well, I don't, that's, yeah. I don't see anyone that I follow. I don't, like I have to really look for it and I'm just, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested in Twitter anymore. I haven't been for quite a while. I, I'm sorry. It's, I'm not interested i don't know how everybody else is feeling you know this has this extra step in it um so that we can get you in there but it's basically if you're paying here we don't want you to have to pay on a sub stack exactly yeah that, that's that's the key and we don't that's want to do that thing yeah it, it's so you pay once and then we'll we'll make a sub stack happen that's that's what we're trying to do and we're yeah not exactly here. we'll see <laughs> we'll see that's exactly that's exactly right because i can create the members in Substack, but I can't do it in YouTube. So yeah. anyway, if you would like to be uh, a participant in this, that's the email. Uh, send us an email and we'll get this set up for you. Um, okay. okay. And again, you know, we'll, we're, we're, it's an experiment. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. 
Uh, right, so last topic. Last topic is Taylor Drew Aliens. LB, what on earth does that mean? It, it doesn't really mean anything other than I said to you, I, I can't just do political news. I'm also, I'm over that. I've stopped watching the news for the most part, uh, you know, and I just wanted to talk about other things. Like what else is going on out there? And this is a little political in that the Taylor Swift news is that she signed up, what, 30,000? How many voters? I think it was 35,000 registered new voters. She registered. She's out there registered, getting new voters registered in Tennessee, where she is from. Um, and wow, talk about using your 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 celebrity, your spotlight, your voice, you know, to and your audience, your yeah. fans to actually um, put it. Affect change, yeah. Yeah, effect change. They can go however they want. She's just getting people registered. So um, just shout out to Taylor Swift. I just loved that. And obviously, I think her fans tend to skew younger because she's a young person. Um, I don't know if she's getting older fans in there, but I think it's really commendable if for anybody out there signing up new voters because we do know that new voters are the ones that are going to help us get towards change with what's happening with our guns, right? And having effective gun laws. Um, they're the ones fighting for the climate, uh, for the planet. And, um, you know, they, they're they progressive, but they're also grounded. And they, they're very upset that the, for the women and, and young men, that the rights over a woman has lost rights and, and um, agency over her own body. It's been handed over to the state and especially in a place like Tennessee. So, um, you know, so yay, Taylor Swift. Just, I didn't know if anybody yeah. was aware of that news. I wanted to shout that out. Yeah. And she does, she's done this before. And people pointed this out in the comments. She's done this before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's good with this. It's, she's terrific. It's good. It's, well, I remember when she was like, I can't vote for Marsha Blackburn. I know she's a woman, but I'm sorry. We can't vote for her. And she was right, even though she Marcia was right. She was right. Okay. And then um, Drew Barrymore, last time we were here together, I was like, this is what she's doing, and this is why it's not okay. She has reversed course um, of bringing her show back on air. Uh, I think it took a lot, and it, you know, because it was like two waves of pressure before she got it. But, you know, I think she understood this is really, she's really hurting herself and her show. And you can't sort of go out there and say, oh, for my crew. Well, guess what? They're all under, they're with a union too. They're with a guild too. And they're probably going to strike soon. And we're going to stand with them. You don't think they're going to stand with it. Like it's not helping your crew to bust a union, to cross yeah. a line to be, make them scabs to show up for work. You're, you're turning them into scabs. So um, somehow that something clicked for her and she turned around and she did the right thing. And I know people were still attacking her. Some people, not all, but I was siding with David Simon, which I, I kind of tend to do, <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes he was, um, if you're, that's talking about the wire, you know, that's his show. And he was giving her kudos for doing the right thing, even if it was at the last minute. And then Bill Maher pulled back too, because he realized, oh shit, I'm going to lose everybody. Um, you know, don't be a fucking strike scab. How about yeah. that? Yeah. It's not hard to figure out. I don't care how friendly you have been with Russell Brand. Bill Maher. So I'm glad that he figured at least that one out. Um, and then the last news was, okay, I'm throwing this one to you. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I don't know the story, but apparently um, they found alien like corpses in Mexico. And this is like a thing. So um, 
And then you we know, put tea. So we had Drew Barrymore and ET. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I don't know, there's some Mexican government thing. And I don't know what, I don't know what this all means. My first reaction is, well, it's Mexico. I mean, you know, do we, you know, is that, that's where people go to get like weird surgeries and stuff, right? Is I, Can we really trust it? But it is a government thing. And there's all this stuff, you know, there were reports. Schumer has been so busy dealing with aliens that he's not been doing the job of right. helping the democracy. Hello. So what's going on with the aliens? I don't know. I don't know. I don't we're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to bring somebody on and figure this I out. I think that that show Ancient Aliens with the pyramids down there in Central America just is just finally catching on. I think there's some of that. I don't know. We're having a weird Bigfoot moment. We are um, in this era. And yet, and yet, and yet, uh, there's people that, professionals who have access to information, like heads of intelligence agencies, people in the military, mm. right? Showing up in now more than one nation, not just our nation, and uh, giving testimony about, yeah, there's alien life out there. So, I would like to get the bottom of it. I think, uh, I don't know that we will, but I do think we need uh, ha to have an informed conversation about it. I, I do with somebody who's been talking to these professionals or something. I don't know. This yeah. is, I, I don't want to state my opinion. I did tell the story about my husband, the silent one, seeing a UFO. There's no talking him out of that. He, he saw what he saw. So, and he is a very pragmatic, oh my God, you have no idea. He doesn't fall for anything. So something's going on, something's happening, and uh, and uh, and we're going to have to figure out how to have a cogent conversation about it instead of pictures of mummified aliens that we're gift hand to chunk to put in our animated opening. Yeah, which he did on the on the which on the did. bar there it was there it's on the bar oh, next good. to Letter Leo, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a trusted influencer, I can be useful in rounding up people to work in their underground salt mines. That, of course, is a line from The Simpsons, the greatest TV show of all time. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, is that our show? You you want to wrap it up? I don't know how to wrap. <laughs> Wait. Let, let's let's get to the right page here so I can do the thing. Are we reading the quote? Is that what we're doing? I don't know if we're, we can read the quote if you want. I just, I want to thank everybody for watching this week. This is our show. We had our great guest, Pete Strzok. Um, hope you enjoy all the work that uh, we put into producing this and uh, especially the, the animation and the, and the music and all the media that, um, uh, that we put together for you all in the discussion. It's been great. We're, we'll, we, we will be back next week. I think next week we might have a neat show a five eight neat we'll see you might have five eight neat it might be I five eight neat time location we might have all of that but we thank everybody for joining and being here with us you can find us obviously on youtube where you're watching us right now go ahead and hit that subscribe button join if you want to be a member and the different tiers of membership are trying to give you guys um some options there but we really appreciate the support and it does help us put the show on every week and with that greg i say you what know. do you say what do you say? I said, I think we're going to get through this. The 5-8 is hosted by me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff. Animation is by Chunk, at Chunkled. The music is My Spy by Howie King, the sum of all music. Please like, share, and subscribe here and on YouTube. To become a 5-8 member and support our show, go to the 5 8com
That's the F-I-V-E number eight dot com. Join the party this weekend. We're your Friday night hang.